Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek. It is March 6th, 2011, and this is So I Married a Movie Geek. Or is it? And I am Chrissy McQueen. Or am I? And this is Justin Winters. Or is he? Justin, explain why I'm so skeptical of my world around me. I have no idea. (laughs) That was a weird introduction. What movies did we see? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, We saw The Adjustment Bureau and... Checking your memory. I'm not like Aussies. Just a little crazy. Adjustment Bureau and... And The Lake House. Okay. What's the connection there? Well, craziness, for one. No, I'm kidding. Um, I don't know how to put it in words. You've never seen either of them? No, I've never seen either of them. Until this weekend? Right. I can't really say with regards to the Adjustment Bureau that there's a forwards and backwards in time about it, because the Adjustment Bureau doesn't really go forwards or backwards in time. It just doesn't tell... it. It goes off the map, no pun intended, with storytelling. I think they're just both uh, romance movies with like a sci-fi twinge. Twinge? Twinge. 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 Of the two, which do you prefer? I'm not doing that anymore because that colors your view of, you know, yourself. I'm going to let you explain what you... my view of myself? No, I'm not going to... I'm not going to give you the... I'm not going to give you the goodies all up front. Oh. You got to work for that stuff. <laughs> oh, that's how it works. I buy the cow and now I get no milk. Fine. I get it. I see how it goes. Whatever. I like wine. Wine is good. Okay. Moving on. Wait, before we say anything, I feel like it's only fair that I report this. I've had a lot of sugar today, you guys. I've had a lot of sugar every day for like the past two weeks. So, um... My hypoglycemia has been like all over the place. You should have seen me after I had a cupcake with frosting after this party that I did tonight at my gym. I'm standing there laughing at nothing. So the reason I'm telling you this is because this podcast might be a lot of me going (laughs) walls or something equally as nonsensical. There you go. That has been said. And is out of the way. So wait a minute. People are paying you this money to preside over their party and you're just like laughing to yourself at walls or something <laughs> during no, the party? I was fine during the party. It was after the party and I had the frosting off of a cupcake and I had a handful of M&M's. You have no control over yourself. A little bit. You eat all this crap and then you come home and you're like, but- I'm so I hate, I hate all this stuff, all this sugar. I'm like, well, just don't eat all the sugar. Right. And then I do the very next day and I'm like, woo, M&M's, woo, coffee with sugar in it. Woo, 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 cupcake frosting. This has become my life. So do you think that it's just in the cards that you're obsessed with with, with sugar? Or do you think that you have some kind of choice in the matter? Do you, is there free will in how 
much sugar or candy you eat. Ooh, you are trying to link this back to the Adjustment Bureau, and I like you for it. Were you, like, uh, about to eat the whole cake at my gym, but then you looked in the corner of your eye? Guy dressed up in a fedora. <laughs> He's, like, looking at you. She's off the map again. Chrissy is off the map. She's... So the chairman you, will be very upset. What did you think of the Adjustment Bureau? Okay. First of all, I loved it, but there's a caveat to that. There were some moments where I laughed out loud in the theater when the film was unintentionally funny. But I still love it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, I, don't know, I don't know if it was a combination of the writing and the acting, or just the acting, possibly even the directing thrown in, like a little sprinkle on top. But it's just, some things happen where you're like, come on, that's not, they're not supposed to be really serious about that, right? You, didn't you see, Justin, there were moments where, not just I laughed, but several members of the audience laughed too, like a big guffaw? Uh-huh. Did you ever unintentionally laugh during this movie? Um, sure I did, yeah. But it's did? definitely not a comedy. No, and that's just it, hence unintentional. The thing, here's the thing, is that... From the trailers, you would think that it was like the born with this girl that he really, really likes identity. Like the trailers, you the the trailers pretty much show only the last third of the movie, and it seems like they're always on the move and like running in action. In real life, or in reality, it's like a romance with you know tinges of action and sci-fi. Well, you know, it's funny, you, speaking it's of the talk, trailer. It's very talky as well. It is very talky. But uh, speaking of the trailer, when you watch it, you think that it's definitely something having to do perhaps with um, government corruption. You know, that Matt Damon has somehow wronged the government and the Adjustment Bureau is um, an arm of that government, much like the Secret Service are. You know, they exist. They just don't have an official office, per se. Maybe they do, but, like, not to the public. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. They have this like RV that they a satellite RV that they work from. They're really they're, they're in motion. They don't need a, a hardline phone. Or... But no, the point is is that you can't call like zero, get the operator, and then go secret service, please. Like, <laughs> there's no real way for. If the... you have to ask, they're already there. Don't worry. Like, what would happen right now if you picked up your phone and you called, you know, AT and T, and they you were like. Excuse me. Could you I, please put me two through to the Secret Service? They would be like, I'm sorry. They have no real office. There's no <laughs> listing for the Secret Service. Whereas if you say, can I have the FBI? You could actually call the FBI. Okay. I forgot how we got talking about this. Book. I was thinking that the Adjustment Bureau in title functioned the same way as the Secret Service did. Like, they're there, but they're not talked about and you can't call them. So if your mom <laughs> called you right now and was like... What did you think of the Adjustment Bureau? What would you say to her? <laughs> I'd be like... Without spoiling what it's about. I'd be like, dude, mom. Oh my god. Okay. It's totally up your alley. Because here's the deal. Matt Damon is a congressman. And he's running for Senate. And everything I, starts to I, get I, messed I up for him. I didn't say... I didn't say, hey, recount the plot no, for your mom. I no. said, just tell her what you thought I'm of telling her. And everything gets messed up for him. And then you're like, why is it getting messed up for him? And who is that chick on the bus? And also in the room. And then why did... Ooh, what are those symbols in that book over there? I don't understand. What are you talking about? But I should about? probably see this because it's awesome. <laughs> are you wasted? I don't understand. I told you that you're t- calling your mom on the phone and then she starts recounting the plot. <laughs> 
It's like <laughs> it's like that movie Frequency or The Lake House. She was already in the future listening to you. Oh my god. Anyway. The Lake House totally is like Frequency. Anyway, let's talk about Lake House. Anyway, <laughs> please just tell me what you thought of the movie without recounting the plot. I thought it was good. You thought it was good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely putting that on the poster. I thought it was good. <laughs> Chrissy well, Winters. <laughs> Chrissy McQueen. Well, I can't recall People will be like, plot. I want to go see that film. She thought it was good. <laughs> I heard that too. She thought it was good. Okay. <laughs> well, you, do you want me to come up with like a tagline for the poster? Like a review tagline? Because I can do that. That'd I'm just fun. trying to get you your okay. thoughts on the okay. matter. Are you ready? Are you ready? Uh-huh. Supernaturally riveting. <laughs> wow. That really makes me want to see it. All right. Let's try this again. <laughs> I thought it was very good. You could put that above her... <laughs> Just regular good line on the poster, <laughs> and my my comment will look way cooler. Okay, so Matt Damon, <laughs> I'm getting there. You, I can't. All right, I'm gonna. I'm turning the computer away from Justin just for a second because looking at him turns me into this jello blob of laughter. Okay, Matt Damon. Thanks. No, well, it was a compliment. I just can't look at you. You're making me laugh too much. Turn you into a jelly The ball. podcast is suffering, okay? I have to save it from myself. <laughs> Go so ahead. I'm trying. All right. Matt Damon is is on... <laughs> He's on <laughs> Path of Fate, except... <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. Here's, okay, here's the basic thing about the Justin Bureau. And here's kind of, it's, it's a, it seems like a very old school type of movie. Like you, you could see Cary Grant or, you know, James Cagney being the guy in this movie. Yes. Because although it does have a sci-fi slant and a little like action where they're chasing, it's not, it doesn't seem, there's not a lot of CGI, you know. It's not like, it's it's a very human story and it's got like, the biggest thing, the best thing about this movie is its two leads have like electro, like electric energy throughout them. The whole movie, lots of chemistry between the two of them. There was there was a lot of chemistry between Matt Damon and Emily Blunt. Up to a point where I was like, "Are they having sex? Are they having sex on the side? Are they having sex? Are they? Are they? Are they having sex? Because they, they should. <laughs> no, not really. But no, they they." They're very, like, organic, natural actors, and just them together, it was like, wow, I really want I really want this to work out between them. It's weird how you can do that with certain movie um, leads. I think that a lot of people, and I know I always come back to this, but really, truly, a lot of people loved the Kate and Leo thing, which is why when the Revolutionary Road came out, it was like, the repairing of Kate and Leo. That's what I thought of. I thought of Kate and Leo this whole movie. I was like, Kate and Leo, Kate Leo, <laughs> Kate Leo. No, I'm not saying I did, but I'm saying it's or, a similar... Or similar, like uh, Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves. Right, exactly, sure. Or Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Right. They just go together like peanut butter and jelly, like peas and carrots. Precisely. But the chairman doesn't want them to be together in the Adjustment Bureau. The chairman wants to control everything with his stupid life's plan. There you go, recounting the plot. No, but I... Just, I can't not discuss the plot at all and, you know, tell you my opinion on it. Well, I still haven't heard an opinion other than... It was good. 
here's the thing. I always start out with some sort of recounting of plot so I can tell you why I liked or didn't like and what I didn't like. And didn't. I can just be like, I'm not going to tell you anything about the plot, but I'll tell you my opinion. Therefore, you get it was good. Just a quick question. There is a huge twist in this movie. We're, we're not going to, you know, recount that at this point. We should say definitely say spoilers and then talk about that because once you... You mean towards the end, that twist towards the end? No, it starts like the first third. What you know, what the people are and what they're about, and how they do their things. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. This is not my first podcast with you. You like to like recount ninety percent of the plot, and that's when I stop you, and then you say, "No, I have to do that so I can say what I like about it." No. No. Okay, go ahead. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? I don't know. I had too much sugar and I'm crashing. Okay, what do you, what do you think? What do you think about Matt Damon and uh, Emily Blunt's performance in the movie? It was good. No, I'm kidding. I just said that to most of you. Um, I feel like this was one of Matt Damon's better roles. Not that I've disliked him in certain movies in the past, but what was the last one that came out that you saw that was mediocre that I didn't see? Uh, Hereafter. Hereafter. Yeah, I knew that oh, it was going to be mediocre, so I didn't even bother watching him in that. Whereas, you watch him in the Bourne movies because he is Jason Bourne. He was very good in this movie because he... How do I put this? He had a way of keeping you as an audience person guessing in the same way that he was guessing. Keeping, keeping you as confused as he was confused. You empathized with him. And he's playing a character that's very you know natural for him. Like right. A guy with charisma... A guy who, you know, might have come, Good from, talker. come from the wrong side of the tracks, but he over, you know, over excelled and that was him. He, he, I mean, he played, played a great politician. He could be a real politician. He would I'm be sure. a fantastic politician. Even though I've heard everyone's asked him that same thing in his like junket interviews. And he's like, no, no, I've, you know, I, I definitely inhaled, so I couldn't be a politician, or it's just not for me. Right. Well, he has been on the other side now, too. I'm sure he got a lot of training for what it's like to play a politician who, you know, we, I know, we, see, we know this, that they're always on, either on camera or they're constantly being watched, possibly even recorded. They can't, not only can they not step wrong now, they can't have ever stepped wrong in the past, even before they became a public figure, because it'll come out. I'm sure that he really had to get into that skin in order to play this role. And after doing it for three months, let's say, you would never want to do it again or in real life. Mm -hmm. Could you be a politician? Um, I find it hard. I have said this since the beginning of our relationship. I wish you would go into politics. No. I really wish you would. No. I'd rather be a community organizer. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Than be a politician. Oh, there you go. You know, because I, I, not that all of them are bad, but. There's a community charter, harvest, whatever it is around our corner. It's a school. <laughs> you said community organizer. Wow. <laughs> okay. I'm going to steer the podcast back to. Matt Damon. Sinsical Waters. No, so, Matt Damon was great in this movie. He was. I I, I found it interesting that. And you, like I said, it. A lot of that is due to his co-star, who I thought, you know... Emily Blunt or his male co-star. His male co-star? Yeah. They were the two main stars of the movie. 
Well, yes, but they had um, a surrounding cast. Yeah, but they're all supporting characters. Okay, I'll take that. Okay. The guy from uh, Mad Men. What's his name? Uh, John Slattery. He was fabulous. I would have thought his role would have been bigger. Uh, there you go. I mean, I haven't really seen him in a movie um, where he had as big a as part as he, as he did. That's and true. He's, you know, he's aces in Mad Men, so... John Slattery, Slaggerty, Slattery, Sliggerty. John Slattery. Sliggerty. What is it? Slappery. <laughs> yeah, that one. John Slattery. It's, yes. it's two T's. Slattery? Slattery. Re. Yes. Slattery. <laughs> oh, John Slattery. What do you have to say about him other than to make fun of his name? <laughs> um... He is one of the, I'm not giving anything away here, we've seen from the trailer. He is one of the uh, people who are in the Adjustment Bureau and has to do some of the adjusting. Here's what I don't understand about him. He as a character is given these life plans by the supposed chairman and he never questions them. Not once, he just follows through on all of them. Do you think that he is like a robot in a way or does he have the thought to be able to be like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't just follow these black and white plans that look like a blueprint and just go with the flow? Are we going to reveal the, I think that kind of reveals the, the gist of what they're doing if I start talking about that, right? Maybe. Okay. Well, I mean, spoiler warning coming up. Number one, I think this is definitely a movie worth seeing in a theater. Um, you know, especially if you have a uh, a loved one that you'd like to take along, because you know, at its at its core, it's definitely a movie about romance. And you know, is there that one special someone? And and also, are you better with someone? Does somebody make you a better version of yourself, or are you less good in a relationship? And are you better on your own? Although it does have the common used um, theme of you can only have your career or love. That's true. But, you know, in as staid as a theme that can be, unfortunately, it's true, I think, for a lot of people because people get complacent. They get comfortable in relationships and they may, not consciously, of course, but they may put their career on the back burner gradually. Because, understandably, they want to be family-first and family-oriented. And then, you know, 20 years go go by and somebody like Emily Blunt's character could possibly then say, I could have really been a major ballerina. But I was in love and so I wanted to get married and have kids and there just was less time for dance and ballet. And it's so demanding and I wish I kind of would have done it. But, oh well, I guess I'm happy now with my garden of herbs and my dog. I wasn't arguing sides on that. I was just... Stay the facts. I wasn't arguing with you either. I thought it was up for discussion. Okay. Cool. Thoughts? <laughs> Thoughts on what? Never mind. No. I'm trying to... What was your... About... Did you, did you have a stance on something there? Well, you were saying... No, you just said that it was um, the, you know, kind of try it again theme of you can't have both career and a happy home life. Mm-hmm. Do you think you can? Uh, I mean, it depends on... the. The, the people, you know, mm-hmm. it's not a blanket statement that goes along with everyone. Well, it's not. Like and so. obviously, you know, Matt Damon in this movie, he chooses to buck the trend and says, "I think I could have both." 
Anyway, back to the Adjustment Bureau and the, the actual guys. Mm-hmm. Number one, when it first started, I had to admit, I kind of thought they were uh, a-holes. I was like, these guys are assholes. You know? What cock, what cock blockers, you know? Coming between Matt Damon and Emily Blunt. They have so, such chemistry together. They're like magnets. But no, the Adjustment Bureau guys are like, no, we can't have this happen. You know, and they say that over and over and over. They can't be together. The it's not in the plan. They can't be together. It's not in the plan. The chairman will be upset. <laughs> and that's not how they say it. <laughs> There's this guy that they talk about several times during this movie, and they call him the chairman. <laughs> well, Chrissy came out of the movie talking about the chairman. <laughs> like he was this guy who was. Like, He's like an Ikea chair with eyes, <laughs> like running, or not, not running. Is this Pee-wee's Playhouse? <laughs> yes. I'm the chair? Well, that's how you said it. <laughs> you accentuated the wrong word. The chairman. <laughs> the chairman won't have Emily and Blunt and Matt Damon together. He's against that. What's the chairman's problem? He's exactly. reupholstered. Exactly. But, um... But chairman is kind of like a euphemism for godness. Well, it's all euphemisms for a guy. I mean, this is... Well, like I said, I thought that was going to be the government. Adjustment Bureau's angels, you know. There's even a, a, you know, a black angel who's kind of like Bartleby, who is throughout, is kind of having a crisis about his job. So he's like, oh, man, I mean, are we doing the right thing? You know, the angels start to have a kind of bit of free will discussion, like, what are we doing this for? But so, so we we can't have a discussion about this movie and not go a little deeper with it, which begs the question, Justin. Uh huh. Do you believe in fate? What? Do you believe in fate? Are you a fatalist? Uh, no. Do you believe in any sort of predestination? Um, uh, I mean, it, it depends on the definition of de- predestination. Pretty much, I, I think that we have certain points that we are destined to hit throughout our life. Mm-hmm. And depending on the choices we make and the people that we, you know, associate, associate ourselves with, that'll depend on, you know, how we adjust to those points and what our path, our individual paths are. But you believe that everyone has a path. Well, everyone has a path, but I'm not, I, I'm saying that I don't think that the, everyone's life is scripted, is, you know, scripted from the beginning. Got it. Yeah. So then you do you believe, taking it a step further, um, that everybody has free will? Um, yeah. Yeah, in certain areas. I mean, not total free will over your whole life. What do you but, not have free will over, in your opinion? Um, well, like, you can't keep from eating sugar all the time, so... <laughs> Probably could if I really wanted to. The question is whether or not I really want to. Oh, man. I don't know. But here, here's what I will say is that um, while I was watching it, and like I said, if you have a significant other, you should go and watch the movie with it, with them and, and talk about it, is that um, I thought about my own history with uh, my special someone. Oh, that's you. Oh, hi. And how I, I I saw that I was there was certain like things that had to happen for me to 
run into you and meet you and eventually date you. So I was like, huh? Right. Like you had to move to L.A. Yeah, I mean, most people you hear, they're like, oh, I got introduced through a friend or we're at the same party. Right. But... You know, not many people said, okay, I had to cross the country. Yeah, I yeah had like to, even by chance. I had to, you know, stalk someone on, on online. Oh, dear. <laughs> I had to be a fan of a certain uh, late night talk show host. Um, I had to ask her out for coffee, even though I'd never met her or, or seen her. You don't seem like the type that asks random girls on the internet out for coffee, either. I know. That's what I'm saying. It was just like a, a stroke of... Perfect storm. The, the adjustment bureau might have been in my room at that exact moment. It's like, call her. <laughs> Ask her if she wants to go for coffee. Yeah. Steer her away from her weird boss. I had a weird boss at the time. He was really terrible. He was hitting on me and Justin kind of saved me from that. So maybe that had to happen too because I never accepted an invitation from a complete stranger to meet them anywhere. We had to have been both single. We had to have been both blogging at the time. Yeah. And we had to have both been in circumstances that made us go outside of our comfort zone. You to ask me to go out and me to say yes to a stranger. No, there you go. Whoa. I've just Whoa. been to adjustment bureau. No, okay. you were No. You, you know? <laughs> if you would have been adjusted, everything would have happened the same way. No, little things like that were like... I was going to quit Corner Bakery, and then they said, she can't quit yet because she has to be further harassed by her boss to be really annoyed by him to have Justin call her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say after this movie, I, I was kind of looking around expecting to see people in hats or or um, at the very least looking like sneaky. And since then, I've been looking around like, is he a part of the Adjustment Bureau? They must be real. They must be real. Yeah, they definitely weren't too shy about standing out no. <laughs> in this movie. They're like, let's look the as guys in hats. or 50 as we can. Guys in hats. And coats. It's very matrixy in that way. No, but they look more like 40s, 50s. Yeah. Fedoras. Mm-hmm. Rock the fedoras. All of them rock fedoras. That and their, you know, sci-fi twist where they can maneuver doors to go pretty much anywhere they want. Which leads, which leads to one of the other big things I liked about this movie is um, it's uh, it makes New York look really cool. Well, it does. Imagine if you were to go to, let's say, um, a coffee shop, and then you open a door near the bathroom, and all of a sudden you see the Statue of Liberty. How cool is that? Whoa. It's so like wormholes. So I'm like peeing on the Statue of Liberty? No. Wait, see, you said I didn't I wa- think about a bathroom. You said I walked in- No, you said I walked into the bathroom. No, I didn't. Did she I? did. Okay. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Oh, all right. I would have been like, whoa, I was meaning to go to the bathroom, but now at the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> I better call my friends and tell them where I am. Here's the interesting thing about it, though, because it, it, you know, kind of feels like wormholes, obviously. You can, you know, open a door and be somewhere entirely different without traveling there. But... I discovered, you know, in shows like, what did we love when we were both kids that we discussed, um, were they sliders? Oh, sliders. You couldn't control where you ended up on sliders. Like, if you went into a wormhole, you just, you know, you you were kind of rolling the dice and you hoped that it was going to be your home planet, but you never knew what you were going to get. In this movie, 
each door theoretically should always be the same place or maybe the same like two or three places because they have a map of it. And they're like, all right, you have to go through this door to end up here. Yeah. That, that, actually, that's one of the things that I, I thought was kind of corny was the whole uh, – their Etch-A-Sketch books. Yeah. <laughs> what was with that? And they, Yeah, it was. They were totally like little Etch-A-Sketch books that actually moved when they walked. That, I think that was the first point in the movie where the, it was – you knew something was definitely out of, out of the norm. Yeah. Because I remember people audibly gasping like, what? Well, yeah. They just get books? Well, no, because imagine if you open the pages of what looked like a real book or a journal and it looks almost like the blueprint of a street, of a house, of a neighborhood, whatever. And like little targets, crosshair targets on it are moving independent of the paper, independently. And it's just like, what? That, yeah, it looks like a superimposed etch sketch on it's, a page. It's almost like a Google Maps, but on paper. But but with no legend or key to let you know what each thing means. So it's really just a whole bunch of lines and like what look like little starships. I don't know. I just thought it was corny every time they brought them out, and I was like, you really don't have to explain it that much. They can just know where you know where you're going and where you're meant to be. But like several times throughout the movie, where they had to. Reiterate, you're not supposed to be together. You're not on path. He's off the path. They bring out the etch sketches, and I'm like, really? Again? Okay, we understand. You know, they're really off the path. No, this is how off the path they are. You don't understand. Look, it reminded me of when we're driving and we're looking at maps on one of our iPhones, and there's the blue dot, and you are technically the blue dot. Sometimes, if you forget and you're looking at the map and you're fixed on the red dot, which is where you're supposed to end up, you're like, the blue dot is going off path. What happened to the blue dot? Follow the blue dot. And then you go, never mind. I'm the blue dot. I'm following myself. And I'm driving and you're guiding. You're like, turn here. And I'm like, into this building? (laughs) (laughs) Off this cliff in Hawaii? There was supposed to be a road here. Sad but true. I'll follow my iPhone into the ocean. Damn it's terrible. You, damn you, Adjustment Bureau. <laughs> oh, here's an interesting aspect of the Adjustment Bureau. Um, I won't necessarily give away who this happened to or really how, but it's learned that the reason that one of the characters is able to be successful is because the Adjustment Bureau, quote, adjusted uh, this character's family's paths to make them all um, succumb to something. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you, if those around you fall, you're supposed to come out of the like a phoenix rise of the ashes and be stronger. Yes, that's like kind of what they did with this character. And I was like, wow, that that's when like you, I was like, you just met Bureau people are dicks. Yeah, they mess with your family because they all make you stronger. <laughs> the the biggest example of them being dicks is when, like I said. Several times throughout the movie, they try to make sure that Matt Damon's character and Emily Blunt's character never associate with themselves. Right. Like the first time, which by the way is my favorite scene, is when they first meet in the bathroom. Is I was like, man, this is really good. They're really good. They should, you know, be together. They should be together in real life. And then I'm like, oh, they're probably happy with their respective others, but they should definitely be lovers in a movie, another movie. Anyway. <laughs> What were you talking about? On the side. I don't know, but you're very into the idea of them being together. <laughs> Something about them being dicks. Well, there's so many other movies out there where you're like, I don't buy this at all. I mean, right. sometimes they're actually married in real life, and in the movie they have no chemistry, and you're like, warrant, oh, warrant. Right. Like, it was actually fun to watch Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt and Mr. and Mrs. Smith, because you're like, oh, hi-oh. Maybe it's because they're so hot. 
Yeah. It's like hot people doing things. Yeah, they're like, I am so hot that I need someone equally hot to mask and magnify my hotness. Okay, I've got one for you. The movie that uh, recently came out with, I think it was Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock. Uh Uh-huh. Both hot people. The proposal? Didn't buy the chemistry at all. Yeah? Yeah. When they ended up together at the end, I was like, really? Yeah, they just seemed like really good friends. Yeah. That's it. And then on the other page, we have Matt Damon and Emily Blunt, where I was like, they seem like more than good friends. They're really good together. Yeah. They were They were a good team. <laughs> what? Oh, we were talking about the Adjustment Bureau being dicks. Yeah, that's what I said. I was trying to figure out what we were, how we got that, what was the whole gist of Did I transfer my hypoglycemic crash onto you? And now you're like, I can't, what? No, no. I think we were just going in circles. We might have been. Oh, circular conversation over. Over. So here's a question to you. Okay. Imagine if somebody would have come to you, um, let's say a year into our relationship or something. What? Okay, what? go. What's with the face? Go. And you were to be told, if you stay with Chrissy, mm-hmm. you won't be like a writer. You won't be successful. You won't go further in this business. Mm-hmm. And she will drop her dream of acting or wanting to do anything in front of the camera and settle. Mm-hmm. What would you have said or done? What would I have said or done? Yeah. I would have been like, stop adjusting me, bureau. Stop being dicks. No, but. Just let me live my life. But no, would you, would you have broken up with me because you would want more for yourself and more for me? Or would you have been like, nah, we'll buck the trend. Well, in hindsight, I would have said, no, we're going to buck the trend. But at the time, you would have said. That would have been scary. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know what? Over all things, you know what I value? What? Love. You know why? Why? It conquers all. Do you ever think, though, even now, but do you think now, um, looking back, you go, maybe if I hadn't been, and and this is no bearing on me, I know that, but maybe if you hadn't been in any sort of relationship, would you be more successful career-wise than you are now? I don't know. (laughs) Well, all right. Glad we had that adjustment bureau side conversation. (laughs) I don't know. I'm of the kind to think that if you, um, you know, if you think you found that special someone, the love of your life, that will, you know, make you your be- your best self you can possibly be, and hopefully that that will, you know, radiate throughout all the other portions of your life. Oh, Justin, I really like that. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it. It's like you're like Supergirl, and then you make him Superman. And you're like super couple, but the adjustment bureau are dicks. Well, maybe they really genuinely thought that they weren't making each other the best uh, that they could be. Here's the thing about the adjustment bureau. I thought it was also good, maybe even very good, but it got worse as it went on. Muddled. Like the first act was great. Second act was good. And then the third act, it kind of took a nosedive. Because, again, it got muddled. It got a little over-talky um, with them explaining everything. 
Which is why sometimes it's unintentionally funny because they overexplain something that's obvious, and you're like, "Really?" Or they, or they overexplain something so much that they they create uh, an obvious plot hole, like it's like a yeah. a black hole of things. Nonsense. <laughs> Nonsensical <laughs> things. <laughs> but this this movie has one of its all time epic. Um, is that the end? Yes. <laughs> so spoiler warning on the end of the Adjustment Bureau, but. How does it end? How it ends is pretty much throughout the whole movie, the two main characters have said, are, are told. The chairman does not want you to be together. <laughs> this is not in the cards. This is not in the cards. You know, this is not the plan. This is not the plan. We're going to lobotomize you. This is not the plan. Keep trying. If you step out, I'm going to look blah, blah, I'm going to erase your brain. This is not the plan for you to be together. The chairman doesn't want you in this. And at the end, they're like, okay, maybe you can be together. <laughs> Well, because they try so hard, and then it's like, the chairman has been moved by how much you really want to be together, so guess what? He rewrote the plan. Peace out. Credits. I was such like, what? And not only that, they brought back the Etch-A-Sketch for the end, and they're like, look, you're following the same path. And I was like... May I just say <laughs> that I think that how much you enjoy the ending of the Adjustment Bureau is tantamount with how religious you are. I, I do. Because I think that the more... Not necessarily. We, well, or generally. How you, or whether you like... It, or if you're a fatalist. This, the end of this, and this is probably just me, it reminds me a little bit of the end of um, Signs, where... <laughs> It's like, swing for the fences. Yeah. Look at all this water. Swing high. Swing high. And everybody's like, the director who was writing at the time is like, this is going to move people. Ah, oh, people are going to be moved out of the theater. And then it just <laughs> falls flat. Same thing for adjustment beer. You're like, okay, all of that was for But what? here's the difference. I was kind of moved by that in science. I was like, yeah, you swing. You get him. You get the alien because you didn't. You didn't get the first time. It wasn't alien the first time. It was a baseball. But still, you swing. Were you moved by the end of the Adjustment Bureau? No. I was like, oh, too bad that I'm not a fatalist or somebody like a fatalist who would be like, well, isn't that just beautiful? Because, you know, if you just, if it's, if it's meant to be, sometimes the deck of cards will change themselves to fit your unique plan. Thanks, Chairman. You're welcome. Although, the final scene I really did like because of Emily Blunt's dress. She had a beautiful dress. In the final scene is very... Lowy, boobtastic. Uh, yeah, all Lowy the above. Boobtastic. Yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of guys like, I've got to make an adjustment in my bureau, Emily Blunt, because of you. Oh, snap. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. Just is making an adjustment in his bureau. Oh dear. She's showing her boobalas all over the place. What is a boobala? <laughs> That's my grandmother. Okay. So, a final So, thing. yeah. Emily Blunt. Definitely a fan after this movie. You weren't a fan of her before? I was a fan of her before, but I don't think she's been able to show um, this more, like, feisty, romantic side that she shows in this movie. I'm just proud of her for doing all that dancing on her own. She uh, did a lot of choreography in this movie because she's playing a modern dancer, and she was very good. Were you sad that she gave it all up to um, be with Matt Damon? Not that she had any choice as much as Matt Damon did. No, but that's just that. That's the that's actually I think what bothered me about her character is that 
not that she was like waiting for Matt Damon all this time, but it was just kind of like he was the one deciding whether or not like he was going to, you know, yes, I'm going to go for it. No, I'm not going to go for it. Yes, I'm going to really hunt her down. No, I'm not going to hunt her down. I just and thought, she just kind of went along with whatever he decided. I just thought of that scene where I, that we were talking about how they were dicks, the Adjustment Bureau. Yeah. There's a scene in the middle of the movie where uh, Matt Damon's gotten Emily Blunt's character's number and written it yeah. down. And the Adjustment Bureau guys are like, hey, look at this number. And then they light it on fire. You don't have her number. They didn't phrase it quite like that, though. It wasn't like Andy Samberg doing an SNL short. They were like, forget about her. You can't be with her. It was very film noir. Because if you are... Everything will go badly. Well, they, they lit up his number. He's like, back to square one. Right. Get Thanks, Adjustment number. Bureau. Thanks, Adjustment Bureau. I did like how, the at the you know, at the beginning, you kind of thought they were dicks. And then over time, you saw that they were kind of good guys that were just having. They had a tough gig. They had definitely had, oh, yeah, a tough gig. Because of the chairman. The chairman makes them ruin family lives. makes them intervene in situations that um, perhaps they personally wouldn't want to intervene in. But one of the... Uh, like they can't even sleep on a bench without missing, you know, an adjustment. Well, one of the Adjustment Bureau guys says um, that humans are ruled by emotion, by nature, whereas they themselves are ruled by logic. So that's why they go about um, changing your brain sometimes because they are trying to tweak your logic. Whatever adjustment bureau. So, what would you? What would you be? Final grade for adjustment bureau. Eight and a half. What's that letter grade? Oh, um, A minus B plus. Okay. Yeah. And for you? Probably like a B B plus. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Like I said, it it, it started out great, ended not as great, but yeah. was pretty much saved by the chemistry between the two stars. And, and by the interesting plot, though. It and was strong, an interesting plot. And the strong supporting cast. Interesting plot, yeah. Well, because I find the plot interesting not for its uh, moralistic qualities or any sort of, like, fatalistic qualities, mm-hmm. but because I the intricacies of it, of how it all works with the doors and the bureau and who's in charge and who says and why. See, as it got farther into it and... Talking about that stuff, that's when it kind of lost me because they started oh. to explain it too much and then it started to get hokey with like the etch sketch books and right. Like, but I was interested in all that. Like, I would want to read the book. We're on Yankee, novel we're in Yankee Stadium. Nope, we're in a, a coffee shop. Nope, we're in, okay. Thanks. Enough of all this adjustment bureau, you know, funny but, stuff. No, because for me, that's I find all of that sort of you know, um, I guess it almost like clockwork. You know, the inter- workings of a clock. Interesting. Just like in, when I read 1984, I was more interested in the tools that the guy used at his desk, like the dictaphone and stuff like that. Just like how crazy it all was then. The dictaphone? Yeah. Okay. Then like the thought police. Okay. Yes, I said dictaphone. Thought police. <laughs> <laughs> On to our next later. movie. Uh, the Lake House with Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves. Keanu. Very surprised you've never seen this movie. I am too. I wanted to see it when it came out. And then I think I just didn't have time and forgot about it. So there you go. Are you sad that you missed it? Yes. Because although I genuinely liked it seeing it this uh, at this point in my life, I think I would, I would like it even more and have a bigger place in my heart for it had I seen it, you know, a few years ago. Yeah? Yeah. The more optimistic, young, I want everyone to 
to be together and for it all to come together in a perfect puzzle piece. Kumbaya! Girl would have been like, this is great. Whereas now I'm like, I'm older, whatever. They found each other. That's good. Oh, that's sad. No, I'm kidding. So what you said, what you've pretty much insinuated is that your heart has died, Chrissy, and it just does that. No, 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 no. I, you don't I, have an appreciation for time-traveling mailboxes um, but nowadays? No, I do, but I think back then I would have asked less questions mentally about the mailbox interworkings and how it all really works as opposed to now where I'm like, so wait a minute. Because sometimes the way they trade conversation, it almost feels like you've got mail or it feels like an IM of some kind. How are they doing this simultaneously? Are they just waiting by the mailbox the whole time? No, but she looks like she's at a cafe. they got Bluetooth in that are writing... Snail mail. They <laughs> what? They got Bluetooth in that's get hooked up to an app that's writing snail through mail. Through the dictaphone. Through the dictaphone. Yeah. Should have been time traveling dictaphones. No. Not like so uh, frequency. But they did do that a lot where it's, it seemed like a real time conversation. Well, well, I mean, how long did, did you actually expect them to show B-roll of them writing letters? <laughs> like actual letters? Well, they didn't have to do it like that. At, at, you know, tw- 20 minutes of writing letters, they had to say, okay, we've got to spice this up a little bit. Let's ha- just have them like they're speaking to each other. And even have them in the same, pretend like they're in the same space, you know, on the bench, on the same bench talking to each other. But they're obviously in different time periods. Well, no, because, in, and again, I'm bringing this up just because it reminded me of that. And you've got mail. They they didn't do the conversation um, pieces like it was a running dialogue or an IM. Like you heard Tom Hanks voicing over, you know, his letter to Meg Ryan when he was either doing something with his grandkids or walking or whatever, or you saw vid, you know, footage of her while he was doing it, and same thing, vice versa. Or the fact that they didn't even talk about the internet or anything like that in the lake house; they just relied on snail mail. Yeah, that was interesting. And mailboxes. Who uses their mailbox? I know. What's with that little red flag that goes up and down, <laughs> down and up, halfway in between? What is that? It's possessed. Oh, no. Well, I love ghosts, apparently. I love ghosts. <laughs> All right, so what did you think overall about the movie? Uh, I, I enjoyed it very much, but I'm a fan, like we mentioned earlier, of uh, cinematic couples who look like they belong together actually being together. So... Honestly, you could have probably put Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves in something else entirely different. I would have been like, yay, it's Sandra and Keanu. Therefore, I like it because they're together. Even if it was like Saul 9 with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. That would just be interesting. (laughs) So for that alone, I'd be like, hell, let's watch that. That'd be crazy. Why are they doing this? Okay. But I was a huge Speed fan. In fact, I I still am a good, you know. The the drug or the movie? (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm a, I'm a huge speed fan. <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it. Do, tonight of all nights, do I sound like a speed fan? No. Speed fan. <laughs> I sound like a fan of like the Judy cocktail blend of downers and wine. The Judy cocktail? The Judy, didn't I say? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Judy cocktail. My favorite bartendress. <laughs> Who's Judy Cocktail? <laughs> Didn't say her last name? I assume Cocktail's no, her last name. No. Wait, come on. What's Liza Minnelli's mom's name? <laughs> Judy Garland? Yeah. 
The Judy Garland cocktail of Downers and Wine. I don't know. I prefer Judy Cocktail. <laughs> What's your name? Judy Cocktail. <laughs> Downers and Wine. <laughs> and sugar. See, I'm of mind that if Judy Cocktail would have been watching Lake House, she would have been like, four thumbs up. I just had me some of my pineapple juice and Malibu rum. And I'm pretty, I'm like 20 sheets to the wind. Judy Cocktail out. <laughs> What's that thing on that mailbox? It looks like a rooster puff. <laughs> One of my favorite, okay. <laughs> the first time I watched The Lake House, I was so, I was laughing through the whole thing. Because there's just so, some things about it that are just really hokey. Like, and how do they get the same dog? <laughs> yeah, the whole thing with the dog just totally threw me off. I turned into Chrissy where I just questioned throughout the whole movie. I'm like, that dog's a secret operative. <laughs> how did that dog... <laughs> did that dog climb in the mailbox? How did this happen? He just ran away and he, and he was like two years later. Yeah, and then I was like, how does he not know? Like, oh, my dog went missing somehow and you found her? Oh, Okay. Yeah, he didn't really search around for his dog that much. No, he didn't. Like, the dog ran off into the woods. He was like, well, okay. See you later. I know Kate finds you eventually. A similar movie to The Lake House in, in like, theme and kooky plot points, but took it way overboard, was The Time Traveler's Wife. Oh, that was just, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about The Time Traveler's Wife, where he showed up naked in the little kid's bushes. Yeah, he had way too much uh, control over her entire life and her choices. You know? Panic from the minute that she was able to. She was. He was like psychologically abusing her with his showing up naked when he, she was a toddler or whatever. Well, it was indoctrination from an early age. I am your future husband. You will fall in love with me. We will be together. She's like a, a toddler, or like a baby in the cribs. Like, we're gonna, you're gonna be my wife. Things to look forward to. I'm gonna, we're gonna get married, baby. I know exactly what you're thinking, but you're not saying on the podcast for wanting to be good. But you're thinking of something else. You're like, hey, baby, what's going on? Well, that's what how it was. He, wink, wink. He knew the future. He knew that they were going to be, you know, lovers and together. But he still goes back and like hovers over her crib or whatever. It was not what he just showed up naked in her yard. That's entirely different. Twenty <laughs> <laughs> some years, baby. Me and you, we're going to be doing it. Me and you, yeah. Me and you. And she's like, what, mommy? No. And then he flashes back to. The president, and she's like, thanks for hanging out with me and your kid, you know. He kept What? He kept teleporting, you know, to, like, different times. Because right. he couldn't. <laughs> even they had a kid, and he would, like, oh, leave. Oh, you, you went to the beginning. Okay. I was <laughs> he, like, <laughs> he would leave for long portions of time. This is true. So, oh, back to the lake house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you had to correspond with somebody... And there were there was a time chasm between you two. Would you want, if you could choose, to be the one in the past writing to the person in the future, or would you want to be the future person writing to the past? 
Whoa. Well, I would be the, the person in the past, and I would try to take advantage by, you know, telling me scores of games so I could place bets, like it was Back to the Future 2 or something. So then, you know, if you're the person in the past, you have no control over that sort of thing. You're hoping that whoever's in the future will tell you. Yeah, well, we'd be in love because we have this two-year time-traveling post-box love going on. Post-box love. Like, I love you and all. I know that we've just mainly been talking about our love in this, you know, correspondences over snail mail. But really, I just want some information from you. Like, who's going to win the Super Bowl next, you know, the next Super Bowl? And what's going to be the score? I find it interesting that they never discussed the ripple effect in this movie. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. Oh, did they not? No. Oh, they talked about the ripple effect in Adjustment Bureau. Yeah, they didn't. About how if you change one thing, you know, there's a ripple effect where it changes a a series of other events that happen. Or as I like to call it, the Ashton Kutcher effect. Why do you call it the Ashton Kutcher effect? Because of the butterfly effect. You never seen the butterfly effect? Oh, I did. It's been a while. But yes, I saw that. I thought about the butterfly effect when I was watching The Lake House. Because I was like, there could be a baby. There could be a baby in, you know, a bomb. The mailbox with the baby. You remember when he blew up the baby with the bomb in the mailbox? What? That was in the butterfly effect, right? Oh, yeah. I was thinking of in the lake house. So I was like, there was no baby that they put in the mailbox and blew it up. The dog might be in the mailbox. He's trying to time travel. <laughs> He's half here and half there. Didn't he? But he, he also in the movie, he sent her like a present, like a gift or something through the mail, right? She sent him a, a book of um, like the great works of his father. Yeah. Like there should have been some, they should have taken more advantage of the, the size of the mailbox to send some more, you know, like some cupcakes from the future. I just wish been. that they would have described like how it all happens. Cupca- I wanted cupcakes to- from the future. You're not on, on board for that. No, I am. I just, I wish they, they would have spent more time like figuring out or kind of explaining the interworkings of that because it's like once they accept that, Oh, you're really from the future and I'm really living in the past. Okay. Well let's be pen pals. Like they never go yeah. crazy going, are you serious? I'm writing to somebody from the future. No. You're not this person that's just like my neighbor now that's yeah. just screwing around with me. There's no like shut up moment where they, you know, try to like logic their way through it. Instead, they just go logically. Well, it's basically one of those movies that you just got to make that leap. Well, and their at friends the, do it the too. Start. They tell their friends. And their friends like, oh, that's the guy that you're talking to from the past, huh? How's it going? Like, they never go, oh, so that's the guy that you're talking to from the past, huh? So when's your appointment with your psychiatrist? You know? Like, they never well, think I think they were crazy. the crazy. Kind of, I think they were the kinds of friends that's like, I just want her to be happy. Whether it's, you know, with this guy that she doesn't like or with this guy that is living in the past. Hey, hey, hey. But, I always want Kim to be happy. But if she came to me tomorrow and was like, okay, Chrissy, I have found him. He is living in 17th century Rome and we're riding to each other. By the sewer system. I walk by the same manhole every day and I put in a letter through a little crack in the sewer. And then I come back and there's another paper and it's sticking up. Sometimes I have to wait near the sewer and it smells really funky. But that's okay because I have a 17th century Roman god that I am pen paling with. What do you think? So wait, the sewer system existed in 17th century Rome or whatever? (laughs) They were very advanced. And I would be like, Kim, my love... Oh, dearest Kimberly, our sewer system in 17th century Rome is way advanced. So that is where I'm putting your your love note so that you may find it when it's 
way more advanced, you know, a few centuries from now. The worst thing is, is that in my head when I thought of this, I thought of... I am a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle from 17th century Rome. (laughs) I thought of Kim living, like, above the ground, putting letters in that way, and of him constantly living in the sewer system, like, putting notes up. Yeah, I was like, Kim doesn't even like to have anything on her burger. Like, I don't think she's going to be hanging around sewer systems for, you know, 17th century Rome guy to send her snail mail. (laughs) Through the manhole covers. Hey, don't now, don't underestimate Kim's predilections, okay? I've lived in uh, California for like nine years. I've never seen a manhole cover anywhere around. Really? I mean, they're, they they're in the street. You don't see a lot of them. I see them. No. Yeah. It's not because there's not. You know. Let's go down to Pulpit. I'll find you one. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait. Let me write a. Let me write a short letter first. <laughs> Message in a bottle. Wait, so she has to open up the manhole and then pop the. No, 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 no! It's just like it, it comes up through the bottom, like the little piece of paper where it goes like, and then you're like, oh, and you grab it from the crack. That's the thing. I, I like frequency more in the way you just pull out the radio and just talk on the radio. You don't have yeah. to like write and like. That's true. That worked more. But back to Kim. The point I'm trying to make is that if she told me all of that, I wouldn't be like, oh, Kim, that's so great that you're talking to a 17th century Roman god and that he lives in the sewer system like a teenage mutant ninja turtle. I'm just so happy that you're happy. I'd be like, Kim, oh, my God, something is wrong. We may need to visit the doctor. Well, I don't understand the women who, you know, write mail to guys in prison and carry on long relationships that way either, so. Oh, well, no. We watch a lot of Lock Up, and we see people, like, do that and go, Dude, Lock Up, they do. They do that for real. I don't understand. Well, okay, back to Lake House. Uh-huh. Um, so you, you, if you were living this, that would want to be the person in the past. So let's assume that you are. And she, or me, whoever, writes a very vague letter being like, You will see me two years from now. Don't do it. Don't come. Wait another two years and then have at it would you have done it or would you have been like me and been like what does she mean like don't do it don't do what why could she have been like dude don't cross the street in two years because you're gonna get hit by a bus exactly spill that crap out dude yeah if it's gonna affect my life life or death you know yeah she was just so vague about it and then she was like freaking out by the mailbox like waiting for him to write back and i'm thinking if you're that freaked out by it you should not have been so vague and been like just just wait just wait, okay? Wait. She didn't say, like, don't do it. She was like, just wait. Wait. Uh, and then if I'm counter Reese, I'm like, dude, I've been waiting this whole time. You're in the future just, like, chilling. Right. <laughs> so which Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock pairing do you prefer, Speed or the Lake House? <laughs> really? I have to ask. No, uh, Speed. I like Speed. Me too. Their chemistry was better in Speed. Really? I think so. Well, they uh, they occupied they the, seen, yeah. the same time and space a lot more in Speed as well. Although, that would have been cool if he would have been in the past riding snail mail to her on the bus in the future. And they had to... <laughs> is there a mailbox on the bus for her? Like... Is there... Is it like a pigeon, like bringing, bringing <laughs> carrier pigeon, ca- carrying the notes to the bus that's going, you know, over fifty-five miles per hour? Yes. By the way, <laughs> take we're a watching. Left, take a hard left at the next light. We're watching. Thanks, home. Thanks, pigeon, for bringing me that note. We're watching Speed in the background right now, 
But here's the funny thing about it. Do you know what I think, Justin? Because it's on mute. We just see Sandra and Keanu on TV. I think that it's in Spanish. I think if you unmuted it right now for our podcast public, you would hear Spanish. Well, luckily, we have it on mute, so it doesn't really matter either way. I know. I just think it's funny that speed in Spanish is happening in the background while we're talking about Keanu and Sandra. Why didn't they ever try to make it work in real life? Well, you know, they just weren't at the same, you know, moments in their life that they were open for a relationship with each other. Well, they are now. You know what they needed? What? An adjustment. This is my fedora. Justin put a, a pillow on the top of his head and called it a fedora. Like throws like wine or coffee, coffee. on one person. You have to do it subtly. Get now, me the you're obvious. Lo- now you're on the track for love. You can't be like, oh, here's some water in your face. You've been adjusted. Like, you have to be subtle about it. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you're running behind and you have to, you know, adjust on the fly. Yeah. So, Lake House. I'm going to go ahead and give that a, um, somewhere between a B and a B plus. Okay. So, that's pretty respectable. And you give it a... Yeah. A C. Yeah, like a CC plus. All right. I mean, it's worth the worth the watch just because it's so strange and out there. Plus, the guy who, from who from Nip Tuck, Sean McNamara, is in this movie. Uh huh. Is that a plus? Could be if you just like to point and go, "Hey, it's the guy from Nip Tuck. It's Sean McNamara." And you know, it's got a pretty winning role by a mailbox. So. And the dog is really cute. The dog is a pretty good actor in this movie. I like the dog. Might be the third best actor. And the dog's name is Jack, even though Jack is a girl. See? Gender doesn't matter when it's it's a dog. Although I still don't understand how he time traveled. She? The dog was a she? That's what I just said. No. Okay. I was looking at Spanish speed. And like the dog named Jack, who was really a girl. See? You can name dogs. By gender neutral names, it doesn't matter. I just think Jack as a name, general rule, just doesn't work. But that's just me. You know, Keanu's name in this movie, Speed, was Jack. That's great. What's wrong with the name Jack? I love the name Jack. Well, there you go. I want my child to be named Jack. No. You're so annoying. Well, then, maybe... Your attitude needs to be adjusted. Why, thanks, Dad. <laughs> no, I'm John. I'm John Slaffery. Slaffery. <laughs> An adjustment bureau. Slaffery. Slaffery. And there goes your fedora pillow on your head. Well, good times. Uh, guys, I have to apologize. Next time I will not try to eat a whole cake before I go on the podcast. And, you know, I'll make a lot more sense next time. But thanks for bearing with us. Like, there's been... 40-some episodes of, of me making sense. Of you trying to make more sense. I will. Next time, I will be cool, calm, collected, and have notes as opposed to watching movies. Here's the problem also. We have to record this now, I think, from now on, like, right after we watch it. Because I have so much to say, like, right after a movie, well, usually, and then I forget. Usually we do, but... That's been the problem lately. That's been the problem. Well, next week, we're, we've got a huge movie coming up. Yes, we do. Battle Los Angeles. Yes. And you know, you know why that's so huge? Why? Because we live in Los Angeles. Well, now we live in the suburbs of Los Angeles, but we still do. Whatever. So what's our companion movie? Oh, I don't know. I need to figure that out. All right. We will. (laughs) Proximo Domingo, Cine de las Estrellas. Yep, we're definitely watching the Spanish channel. (laughs) What? How do you know? 
did you not just see like they're advertised they're advertising the movie and they're like Placido Domingo Cinema de las Estrellas which means movies of the stars yeah. technically Casadores de Fortunas Forever? I was I, I took French Fortunas <laughs> Wait you said it was funny Shut up I didn't take Spanish you don't need to take Spanish. Just watch a whole bunch of Spanish soap operas because they are crazy and worth it. You'll learn Spanish by watching the Spanish soap operas. I'll just, uh, I'll just rely on Rosetta Stone. Thank you very much, though. Y oh. compralo ya? No, it goes compralo ya, not <laughs> y compralo All right, shut up. I'm done. Now back to spin. I wonder if they keep speed, like if they say it like, you know, El bus must keep speeding. <laughs> wow. I'm out. You're embarrassing. I am so sorry. Chrissy McQueen out. <laughs> I can't even translate anything. You probably shouldn't. But if you guys want to translate for me or tell me that I sound like I'm just crazy drunk, even though I'm not, by the way, feel free. Chris Winters at Twitter. Cool. There you go. There you go. He's Justin Winters, by the way. Yes. And there you go. And we're done. Speed. Speed. <laughs> y las estrellas. Y speed. Oh?